no matter cause there's something inside so strong I know that I can make it though you're doing me wrong so wrong you thought that my pride was well let's talk to somebody now who's really managed to do something extraordinary through a very competitive process at the University of Cape Town alumnus Dr Peace Francis has won the 2020 Bongani Mayosi Medical Students Academic Prize now according to UCT the award recognizes final year medical students who epitomize the leadership qualities and values of the late UCT Dean of Health Sciences Professor Bongani Mayosi and one of the mottos or his life's mottos was lift as you rise well Dr Francis joins us now on the line Dr Francis good morning to you Good morning Kathy it's good to be here Let's talk about firstly what it has meant for you to be the recipient of this award for 2020 I mean I think one thing I posted on my social media is that it's such an honor to be affirmed by my classmates in this way um I think that having traversed a very difficult journey with the same people for 6 years they've mm-hmm. seen me at my highs and lows they've seen me with patients they've seen me before exams um and for these people who are close to me to um publicly affirm that I share the values of someone as great as Prof Mayosi um is really really humbling and um honestly one of the greatest honors of my life Let's talk about what the last 6 7 years of medical school has been like for you. Mm. So I started my first year in 2015 mm. um and from 2015 to 2017 and almost every year since then it's been a very very um fluid time in higher education. I think the students are standing up and saying that enough is enough that there's certain values um and rights that our constitution um has enshrined that we as students are demanding. And I think being at university during this time was very important for me. I grew a lot and um, I learned a lot beyond just the medicine that I was there to learn. I learned um about politics, I learned about social accountability um And I think that is something that is sometimes forgotten in the medical career. Um as a doctor you aren't just treating patients medically, you're treating patients in a social system, in a country um and you need to understand the background of the patient and care enough about that to know enough about that to be able to treat patients holistically. So I do think um studying medicine during this period has made me and my classmates better and more holistic doctors. Mm. How how do you think you're going to be able to use some of those lessons going forward because it it's such an important thing that you're saying to be aware of the kind of environment that you're operating in and to understand mm-hmm. perhaps it's you know the reason why one patient will consistently keep coming back with the same mm-hmm. problem um that you know they're showing no progress but of, oftentimes the the issues around that have very much to do with the environment the level of care they're able to access the resources to even just buy whatever medication it is that they need to help them yeah yeah no it's definitely true i think sometimes um it's so easy to just see the patient who keeps coming and saying oh no they're not taking the medication but i mm-hmm. think what being um at UCT being a student during this period has taught me firstly empathy to understand that people are going through and living lives beyond your own so 
um, that deep understanding that my reality might not be everyone's reality, number one. Um, but two, that doesn't mean that I get to step back. The truth is that if everybody is uplifted, we are all uplifted. And I think that was something that really came through in the student movement, um, that this is a call for all students, that it's better for everyone to live in a more just society. And having that realization and that underlying empathy um, encourages me to take the time with my patients to try and understand that it's not just you not taking your medication. Is there something beyond that that I can maybe advocate mm. for, that I can maybe... Mm. Um, educate, provide education where there's a a bit of confusion. And I think that just taking that extra time can actually result in um, long-standing health benefits that sometimes we don't have the time or don't have the um, foresight to look into. Mm. A a position like the one you describe, being part of just a a class and a group of students um, that were part of these protests and the push in terms of uh, the fees must fall movement and really for transformation of higher education institutions in this country. Sometimes as students, when you see what's happening, you have the choice to get involved and you have the choice to not get involved. And I think different people, of course, make that decision based on different things. What made you decide to um, to say that this is actually something that you're not just going to be aware of, but that you're going to ad- actively, um, you know, advocate for? So I think I do think that people have different values and different beliefs. And I think a big thing for me is understanding the root and, the, and, and and like what we want to achieve. And I think throughout my time in varsity, I made it my passion to try and find spaces where I could make a lasting impact. I think that the way I was raised and my faith um, and even some of the values across my IRC, um embodied was understanding and seeing your life as beyond just yourself mm-hmm. um, and seeing your energy and your efforts and your achievements as more than just a self-serving space. Um, and so... For me, it was important to get involved in organizations and student societies and sometimes even movements that resulted in greater good and benefit for generations to come and trying to live a life that is focused on a long-term impact as opposed to self-gratification. Mm. By the time that you would have been at UCT, you would have been, um, you know, about three years with having Dr. Mayosi on campus. Did you have an opportunity to meet him, to engage with him? So, funny enough, the first time I heard Prof Mayorsi's name was in my first year. Mm. So in 2015, um, I think middle of the year, towards August, September, they were having interviews for the new dean to take over. At that point, we had an interim dean. Um, and one of my colleagues actually came to me and said, have you seen his CV? Because they emailed the CV out to all of us. Mm. Um, and I think that was my first encounter with Prof Mayorsi and just his academic excellence and rigor. Um, he was an academic unlike any other um, and then in 2017 so he then became our dean but took a sabbatical and then started um, I think in 2016 2016 as our dean um, and at that point I was in the student council which I went on to chair which meant that I got to interact and meet and work with Prof Mayosi quite closely and um, he is the giant of a man, as many people have said. Mm. Um, yeah. What 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 would you describe your encounters as as having been? Were they particular things that that you could say you learned from him? Yeah, definitely. I think Prof Mayosi was very big. So as, when I was the chairperson of the council, we'd have uh, monthly or every two months meetings with the students who were part of the council and the dean and some of the the dean team. 
And one thing Prof Moyosi was big on was finding solutions. So if we came up with an issue, he would say, what do you want to do about it? What is the solution? Mm. Um, and he, every time he came up with a solution, he, he supported it fully and let us try and see what happened. Um, one of the issues that he came, kept speaking about was something that I think was very close to his heart, um, was having more black academics. Um, so more young black students who would continue and find a career in academia. And so when we came up with a potential solution, it was a very short-term solution, but to almost have an event where we took some of the black academics who have excelled and um, built um, prosperous careers in academia and having them sort of have a conversation around table, reflecting on their life and their pathways, Prof Mayossi completely supported us. He um, ensured that we got the right speakers. Our keynote speaker was actually by Prof. Uh, Paking, who is now our VC. At that point, she was DVC. Um, and for me, it was just seeing someone who was passionate about solutions. Mm. And that's something that has come through in his research. And I think for me, it's, it's this, this, this understanding that, yes, there are problems all around. It's so easy to spot the problems. Um, it's harder to understand the root of the problems, but it's even harder to start thinking of the solution and implementing that. And mm. I think that that's something he's taught me um, to keep pushing and taking the you know the less traveled road of finding those deep solutions and um, no matter how hard um, it might be why did you decide to study medicine what what brought you into this career uh, so it was um, the, i was quite um in my high school years mm. i kept flipping about from i'm going to study side, maybe engineering looks great um and eventually around grade nine I realized that I'm very passionate about healthcare, mm. both the science behind it and understanding how the body works, but also how personal healthcare is, um, the connection you can make with someone when you are their healthcare provider. And that was something that really attracted me to medicine. Um, in grade 11, when it became time for me to start uh, planning on applying and getting information together, um, I started wondering that maybe I could make an impact with health doing something different. If I studied something else, I would eventually, you know, be able to impact the health sphere in a different way. Um, and it was 2014 was election year. Um, and there was a interview, a radio interview with uh, Mampela Rampele, Dr. Mampela Rampele. Mm-hmm. And she was speaking about her life and her journey. Um, and the interviewer asked her if she regretted studying medicine seeing that her career and her life had taken her um, to business, to academia, and not really in medicine. And she made a comment that has stuck with me, where she said that she has no regrets because studying in medicine was studying in leadership. Um, and for me, it was almost like a sure. confirmation that this is where mm. I should start, that if life does take me elsewhere, that mm. my time studying medicine would never be wasted. And reflecting on it, I've learned so much a theory about medicine and patients and diseases and pathology. But I've also learned a lot about leadership, um, self-leadership, what it means to lead in a healthcare system, um, what it means to empower people or work with people so that people can um, exercise self-leadership. Um, so there's no regret for me. Ah, Dr. Francis, I'll tell you what, it's certainly uh, coming through why you have been the recipient of this prize. You, of course, now are almost beginning your career under what would have been an unexpected climate because over Mm. the last year we've been facing this global pandemic and perhaps the final years of your schooling have not been what you have anticipated. Talk to me about that. So... 
final year started and I was studying in Cape Town, but I'm originally from Johannesburg mm-hmm. and I'd always planned to come back to Johannesburg for my internship. So I started off by making a bucket list of things to do in Cape Town before moving back. Um, and it's, it's Because you're just that organized, right? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to. Um, and, and by March, I quickly realized that none of those things were going to happen. Um, I think that as a senior medical student, you get to a point where you start knowing what to expect. So in your first couple of years, it's very disorientating. You feel like you're in the deep end all the time. By the time you get to sixth year, you assuming that you know most of the things and now it's just to practically um, implement them. But with COVID, everything changed. We went back home for, a, I think, a month and a half, almost two months. And then we came back to the clinical platform and there was so much uncertainty, so much fear. Um, and I think what made the uncertainty, uncertainty harder is that often as a class, we'd ask each other questions and then one of our reps would go speak to our seniors and, um, and our educators and they'd have the answers. But what we quickly discovered was that no one had the answers. No one could give us um, clear timelines. Uh, everyone was just trying their best. It's a very, very uncertain situation. And I think that what that meant was just learning how to live with the uncertainty, which isn't easy, I think, for myself and many other people who are studying medicine. Um, but what I do think it taught us was just to appreciate each day um, and realize that we need to adapt, and that's what part of medicine and living in this in this world is, is adapting. Mm. Um, and everything had changed. Uh, what you wore to work had changed. Your post-work routine had changed. You were suddenly leaving clothes in a basket by the door and sanitizing your shoes before coming in. Mm. Um, you weren't seeing patients in the same way. The hospitals were in some ways fuller than you'd ever seen them and in other ways really, really empty as um, surgeries were being cancelled. So it was, it was a very disorientating experience. But having started internship now, I think that that is, I guess, healthcare and probably what we'll see more and more of in the world, that there's certain things that we just can't be certain about. Um, and it's up to us yeah. to adapt and try our best. Did, did you feel like it was a baptism of fire in some ways? Oh, completely. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think, so we initially, when the pandemic broke out, the universities were closed. And so I was home. And then coming back into the platform, everything had changed. And some of the doctors who had stayed working throughout the transition and just hearing their stories and seeing how sick patients were. So sitting at home, um, staying home like everyone had to under level five, you'd hear horror stories, but you wouldn't see them. And then coming to the hospital and seeing patients with that in the 40s, you know, it was... It was so strange. It was nothing I could have imagined. Um, and it just made me respect my seniors even more, knowing that they had um, worked through the heart of it and didn't have an opportunity to stop. We're speaking to Dr. Peace Francis, who is the winner of the 2020 Bongani Mayosi Medical Students academic prize and that is a student that has been bestowed on her by the University of Cape Town. It recognizes final year medical students who epitomize the leadership qualities and values of the late UCT Dean of Health Sciences Professor Bongani Mayosi. I want to talk to you about the issue of mental health and wellness because Mm. you know we can't talk about uh, Professor Mayosi without having that conversation but 
also mm-hmm. just looking at what the past year has meant in particular uh, for young and training doctors like yourself who have been exposed to this environment that you know even some of your seniors have never seen in their lives and mm-hmm. it's it, it was a difficult moment i think uh, across the board talk to me about you know the the experience that you and your colleagues have been having when it comes to mental health and wellness and the extent to which you know, the environment um if it's conducive to actually having conversations about how one is truly doing mm. so i think i really love the word mental health because i think that when we think about health holistically it's both preventative and curative and i think um over the past couple of years, we've been speaking about mental health as preventative as well. So putting steps in place to ensure that you um, are healthy and remain healthy and not only intervening or being aware of your mental health when it's in, uh, in, when it's in a dire state. So I think that um, throughout the medical career, I think, or studying medicine and, and being an intern for three months, um, I've had moments where I've met seniors who, in the middle of a tutorial, at the end of a lecture, always encourage us to take time out for our mental health, um, always encourage us to put steps in place to protect our mental health. And I think um, it's, for, as a student, it's, it's so tough. You're writing exams, you are doing practical work, um, you've got a lot of pressure on you, um, and you try and find the time. As a working doctor, when you are on call and you are post-call and you are still working and there's a global pandemic and patient loads are increased, I think it's so much harder than to find time for your mental health. Um, and I think that what, I mean, personally, I'd love to see more being done in the space of mental health of healthcare professionals, just generally. I think that there's moments when people take on so much strain and only after the crisis has passed do we start seeing the effects of that. Um, I know that after the second wave peak, after the second the second wave, um, when cases started coming down, that's when I started seeing radio interviews about health professionals who were just so tired, who mm. in the moment and during the hard work just couldn't find time to um, take care of their mental health. And then once that um, wave was over, that's when they started seeing the breaks. Um, I think it's just a very tough profession to try and balance working hard and being there for your patients while also finding time for your mental health. Um, and I think it's something that no one, I mean, it's poorly taught as well. Um, I think it's only in the past couple of years that it's, it's reached the limelight where we are taught and shown and or even talking about mental health. And I think mm-hmm. that's something I would hope that in some way, shape or form, small things like taking time out to debrief after experiencing something traumatic at work um, or having relationships with your colleagues where they can support you and say, I'll cover for you today, you take a break, or I'll cover for you today, go get something to eat, um, take a few deep breaths. Um, I think so far with my colleagues who I studied medicine with um, and even some of the colleagues I'm doing internship with, there is a change, there is... Um, more care for each other's mental health. There is um, a shift where we are seeing each other as humans. And I think that's, sorry, I'm I'm rambling on, but it's something that's very Mm. important to me that Mm. I do think that health professionals are phenomenal. And I'm talking across the board um, from doctors to physiotherapists to our nursing staff. Um, But I think that it is also dangerous when we speak about healthcare professionals as heroes um, yes, there's incredible work being done, but when we think of a superhero, we think of someone who is not human, who is mm. superhuman. Mm. Um, 
was infallible, see, effectively. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so then when you think of someone as a superhuman, you don't, you mean, you don't see your doctor getting sick or your nurse just needing a moment to eat some food. Um, that seems strange to you. But when we see our health professionals as human beings who are in service, like many other people are, there's more compassion when um, your doctor is tired or your physiotherapist needs a break or your OT needs a lunch break to just get some food in them. Um, and so I think that as much as I understand the affirmation that, that calling healthcare professionals and frontline workers as heroes um, is intended to bring, we need to be careful with what it can, like the implications it can mm-hmm. have on mental health and mm-hmm. our perspective of them. Oh, thank you so much uh, just for, for that perspective and your own personal perspective just on how health workers have been affected, in particular their mental health and wellness affected during this period of COVID-19. Well, I suppose you are now at a point where you are planning at least what would be a good portion of <laughs> of the rest of your life and you, you're certainly starting off on a good footing. Uh, so let's talk about what some of your future plans are? Um, so I was very fortunate over the last few years of her medical career to meet uh, Professor Salome Masume, um, who you might know, she's the head of the division of global surgery at UCT. Um, and global surgery has definitely captured my eye. It's a burgeoning field that looks at increasing access to quality, safe surgery, um, which is something that's very important to our continent um, and it's something we should be talking about working in and leading in. So my hope is to soon uh, continue research in global surgery um, and perhaps do some further studies um, in global surgery. I'm currently doing my internship at Barra, which is um, honestly just an incredible experience. It's a huge hospital and I'm very mm. privileged to be here and get a chance to work at this institution. Um, and I think beyond that, I think I'm just trying to ensure that I keep a balanced life. Um, I love medicine, but also ensuring that um, I do other things that fuel me outside of medicine. I've got a question here for you from uh, one of your colleagues, more from a student perspective, LSG mm. in Cape Town, who's a final year accounting student, and mm. uh, she agrees that mental state is essential. What is your mantra? She wants to know what keeps you going every day. Sure. I think I have seasonal mantras. Um, <laughs> there's moments yeah. of last year. Um, so my faith means so much to me. And last year it was about trusting my future into God's hands, knowing that I can work as hard as I can. So there's also an element of trust and faith. Um, I think currently something that has been a theme in my life, and it's something my parents have instilled in me and my siblings, is aiming to be your best in everything. Mm. So... Um, and I think some days being my best is much better than other days. But each day, seeing my um, mental health status, seeing my energy status and saying, peace, is this the best of yourself you are giving in this moment? Knowing you're a bit tired, but is this your best? Um, and I think that that, for me, is important because it, it takes away the noise of other people. Um, and it focuses on myself and where I currently am. And mm-hmm. it's not me competing with anyone else, anyone else's ideals, objectives, their own path, but saying, okay, this is where I am today. I've had five hours sleep. What is the best I can do on that five hours of sleep? This is me tomorrow. I've had a whole weekend off. What can I do with all that energy? Um, and I think that also encourages me to be kind with myself and take myself for who I am day by day, but also then pushing myself to be my best. 
All right. Look, I tell you what, that mantra is working great for you so far, right? Dr. <laughs> Peace Francis, she is the winner of the 2020 Bongani Mayosi Medical Students Academic Prize. Thank you so much for coming onto the show today and just, you know, giving us a bit of your story and, and just sharing so much with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. I really appreciate the conversation. It's a pleasure. All right, there you have it. Don't you get a sense that, you know, South Africa is in good hands? You speak to a young person like that who is excelling in their craft, excelling in what is sounding and is very much indicating to be an excellent career and certainly wish Dr. Francis all of the best and uh, congratulate her on this award uh, that she has received from UCT and you know, emerging as the best uh, candidate in particular at their faculty of uh, medicine and great plans. Wonder if you are in Barra, maybe you must, you know, if you're going to Barra anytime soon, ask for Dr. Francis and go and say hi to us. Tell her that you heard her on the radio, you heard her on SAFM and really great news to see young South Africans who are so passionate about the fields of study that they're in, but most importantly, passionate about our country and who are aware, are intentional about understanding what some of the social challenges that we face are and seeing themselves as contributors, as people that can change that. So really, really, really um, great stuff there from Dr. Peace Francis. Okay, it's 11 o'clock. Utile Saku standing by with your latest news update. After this, uh, we'll get straight into the Municipal Watch feature.